Hi, welcome to the Landscape of Crane's Cleveland podcast. I'm Dan Paletta. Cleveland is just one of the many places that's had to recalibrate its focus with the decline of sectors that provided this region with so many jobs. Recently, a group of innovation leaders traveled to another city that's been dealing with a similar transition, Pittsburgh, to see how the steel city's been transforming itself into what they're calling the robotics capital of the world. That trip was led by the Northeast Ohio-based nonprofit Edge, which seeks to help mid-sized companies achieve economic growth by encouraging the exchange of information, knowledge, and experience among this region's CEOs and thought leaders. We're glad to be joined by Chris Keller, who serves as the Director of Innovation and Entrepreneurship for Edge, and Grant Marquette, who is the organization's program consultant. Guys, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having us. Good to be here. Thank you. Chris, before we dive into this Pittsburgh trip and what you learned, give us just a quick sketch of Edge. I know it started around 2005. What prompted its founding? And and tell us just an overall what you do. I gave a little description, but something more in depth than that. Sure. Edge is really a spinoff out of a Case Western Reserve organization called Enterprise Development Incorporated. When EDI went through some, EDI helped develop the programs like Weatherhead 100, North Coast 99. And when it went, when Case went through some changes in the early 2000s, uh, EDI's nonprofit became Jumpstart. And Edge, who was started by Kirk Nicewander, uh, uh, decided to focus on serving mid-sized companies. So since 2005, 2006, We've been focused on executive education, working with CEOs and functional leaders within, predominantly within Northeast Ohio's uh, mid-sized companies. Yeah, at that time, there was a lot of attention being uh, paid towards early stage startups and retaining some of the largest companies in the region. But there was this kind of hole in serving these mid-sized established companies. So they're really the ones that asked us to create Edge. How would you say you do your work, though? Is it mostly consulting with these companies? What, what's the nature of what you do? We have, uh, we have member companies that we work with. So we, Edge has a, a core group of companies that we develop programs uh, for their functional leaders, CEOs, operations, finance, operation, uh, IT, sales and marketing, innovation. Uh, Grant, I'm probably forgetting one there. And, uh, and we also do things for their rising professionals, for their emerging leaders, and really craft programming specifically to the needs of those people. In addition, we we do programming that works with area universities, such as our Edge Fellows program, which helps companies explore new markets, new ideas, and validate those ideas. Uh, And our innovation program, which started working with uh, smaller mid-sized companies and over the last 11 years has really migrated to serve not only mid-sized companies, but many of the larger companies here in the region. Grant, I'm curious, you spent some time as a producer of the uh, Ingenuity Festival of Art. How did that then lead you into your work with Edge? Well, it actually happened at the same time back when I was at uh, Case and Enterprise Development. Um, Innovation itself was just coming online in our community, and I got the bright idea, well, we should have Innovations Week. And uh, you, you might remember that there was the big land grab um, for URLs, and I grabbed the, the, the URL innovationsweek.org or something like that. And I got the um, folks over at Case and some other folks kind of excited about doing something around innovation. Well, um, James Levin and Thomas Mulready of Ingenuity got word of that, and they said, hey, can we present at your innovation conference I don't care. That sounds like a good idea to me. So I kind of snuck them on there and I, I think they just returned the favor and they asked us, asked me to, to help out with uh, organizing the um, 
the opening ceremonies the very next year, which was the symphony for a thousand drums. I really like to, to play with that, um, that kind of cross fertilization of communities. So you have like the art and the kind of the entrepreneurial underbelly of, of Northeast Ohio. And then you have these CEOs of midsize companies and I get them to mix with each other is really something else. So that's how I got involved with ingenuity. And I wasn't engaged for quite some time. It's, it's been a minute, but, uh, it's still near and dear to my heart. And Grant was also the co-founder of E4S, which was Entrepreneurs for Sustainability, which really helped to drive the sustainability initiatives here in Northeast Ohio until many companies adopted into their platform. So uh, I'd like to give him a plug for that one too. Oh, thanks, Chris. How do you guys feel about the state of innovation here in Northeast Ohio and innovative organizations? Have we made a lot of progress since those early days? I'll take a stab at that. So when... Uh, a long time ago, I think companies could kind of do whatever it is that they were doing. Uh, there was a captive market here in the United States. It was pre-internet. Uh, a company can just do what they did, and it was kind of just fine. But with the opening up of markets um, enabled by the internet, it put a lot of pressure on companies to say, hey, what can we do differently because we're getting supplanted, we're getting disrupted by companies all over the, uh, all over the world. So it's been a long journey. Um, but going from those companies that were, whereas it might've been the HR vice president of a very large company charged with driving innovation at their, at their company, it, it went from that to companies like that, having teams of people that were now driving innovation. And it's, it's really kind of permeated many of those organizations and they're making headway. Um, we've got somewhere to go, some way to go, but I can say that our industrial community is probably a little bit ahead of the curve compared to our, our neighboring cities with regards to sharing what works for them vis-a-vis -vis innovation, even in the technology transfer area. Um, and, and I think they've, they've swallowed the pill, so to speak, and now they're really thirsty for learning more about innovation management processes, emerging technologies, and really learning with and from each other as much as possible. So yeah, in that regard, they're, they're in. They're, they're at least um, uh, green lights to innovation. They're no longer sort of pushing against it and saying, hey, we don't want to do that. That's not for us. I also think we took a lot of inspiration from some of the early innovators, the, the Nottingham Spurks, the, the Energizer holding companies, uh, Rose Neskis, uh, Ken English with Timken and Goodyear. Some of these early innovators in the late 90s and, and into the early 2000s were really our inspiration that helped us get started in working with these companies. And now having done this for the last 11 years, this innovation group, um, it, it's really attracted these large companies that are working together and are more transparent and sharing some of their best practices. Edge took this trip to Pittsburgh to look at the innovation ecosystem there with thought leaders and innovation leaders here from Northeast Ohio. Why did you land on Pittsburgh? Huh. Well, they're, they're close. <laughs> uh, you know, that's good. I, I think that really what it, well, that's kind of what it is. Where Chris and I have been taking sure. these companies out on kind of we call it a kind of a road show where we would take them to each other's shops and kind of show off what each other was doing. And we said, hey, wouldn't it be kind of neat if we took our innovation leaders from all of our area companies and introduced them to Pittsburgh's innovation leaders? 
So we literally just Googled Pittsburgh Innovation and found that they had a pretty decent infrastructure as far as what's uh, those organizations that were going to support innovation initiatives. But much of that was really focused on the startup community and the tech transfer community coming out of Carnegie Mellon and Pitt. Um, and as a result, they've got a, a nice community in robotics and autonomous vehicles. But what they didn't have was our industrial network. Of, uh, of innovators learning with and from each other. But in any case, we said, hey, let's get on a bus and let's head on over to Pittsburgh and kind of show our folks what they're doing over there. And maybe they would just get some inspiration uh, from their from some of their peers in Pittsburgh. And and I, I think that they did that. Well, and they've got a, they've got a lot of similarities in terms of Pittsburgh's history, our history. In many ways, they've pivoted uh, towards in innovation and new technology sooner or place different bets than we did here in Northeast Ohio. And also our members wanted to do it. They like stepping out of their own uh, shells and seeing what else is going on. So it was a number of our participants that said, why don't we do a whole day event around this where we can not only bond as a group, but we can also get to know other leaders as well. And so uh, again, Pittsburgh's two hours away. It's basically in our shell and we have this imaginary line called a state border that that somehow separates us. And, and, and we found it very easy to work with Pittsburgh and look forward to, to future uh, relationships. A, a couple of months prior, we took our group out to Youngstown too. And Youngstown is not that far away. What was it, an hour and 40 minutes away? Not, not, not quite an hour and a half away. So I think that we're getting the sense that our neighbors aren't quite as far away as we used to be. We've got our eyes on on working with our, our peers in Columbus and in Detroit and even looking north across uh, across the shores of Lake Erie to see where uh, where we might innovate as a, as a greater region, not just Northeast Ohio. Chris Keller serves as Director of Innovation and Entrepreneurship for EDGE, and Grant Marquette is the organization's program consultant. We're talking about a trip EDGE led to Pittsburgh, featuring folks here from Northeast Ohio to want to see what the Steel City has to offer. Chris, obviously, these kinds of relationships have to be multi-pronged. What kind of relationships do the innovators in Pittsburgh have with places like educational institutions and with government? Is government involved in trying to foster this kind of innovation? Sure. Uh, a lot of what happens in Pittsburgh really starts, as Grant mentioned, with Carnegie Mellon and with uh, University of Pittsburgh, both two really large research universities that are uh, only a mile apart from each other. There, there's the Triangle District in Pittsburgh, where they benefit from a lot of proximity, where, where companies come together. And there's a lot of students, obviously, there, and, and people, uh, companies really like that. So a lot of the attention that comes to the area, a lot of the resources come, is really uh, driven by those two uh, large institutions. But, but from that, they've spawned their own innovation district. They've got uh, Pittsburgh Regional Alliance, which has really uh, helped drive and help align some of these organizations and promote these organizations. But it's really, they've placed their bets on robotics, on automation, on, uh, on AI, uh, artificial intelligence, uh, computer science, which uh, they, they've really leveraged to their benefit. And, and as a result, they've attracted a lot of companies like Google, Amazon, Yelp, and, and many different uh, internet, and then the autonomous vehicles that uh, companies that are, are lining up there. They've, they've got uh, robotics row that they have. And, and all of this is in very close proximity. Uh, so it's great to see how that's being developed and, and the, the resources that are doing that. There's, a, there's, there's some parallels to what's happening in Northeast Ohio. Uh, 
Um, but again, where Pittsburgh strong is, is in their proximity and these, these organizations really working closely with each other. I, I might add that uh, I think that the, the uh, Pittsburgh regional economic folks invested a little bit more heavily in their academic institutions than we have in Northeast Ohio. We might have invested a little bit more in real estate and infrastructure. Um, and so out of different investments comes different products. Um, I think that, um, you know, CWRU and Cleveland State and Kent State and University of Akron are, are all wonderful research organizations as well. I didn't mean to leave any uh, universities out of that, but um, I think we were a little bit inspired by what's happening there and look forward to building a little um, more uh, connections between those academic institutions and our industrial community. On the, on the other side, I mean, I think Ohio benefits from Jobs Ohio, which was created, I believe, in around 2012 under the Kasich administration, which really drives uh, resources to help with business development and so forth. And I think that's helping us to, in some ways, catch up with where uh, Pennsylvania, is, West, uh, Western PA is and, and their investments in the startup community. I think, again, in that, that startup space, I think they're a little ahead, as Grant mentioned, the collaboration with the universities that drive it. And we hope we can see more of that happening here in Northeast Ohio, because I think it's that collaboration between th those institutions that uh, can help brand the region and can help really attract outside organizations um, to that branding. We often put an emphasis on investing in downtown, downtown Cleveland. If you've been to downtown Pittsburgh, which I know you guys have, it's an attractive, aesthetically pleasing place, but does it play much of a role in the innovation community? I think just striving that talent together, yeah. You know, just having, as Chris mentioned, the proximity of the two universities with those companies that are really right next door. It's, I would say it's within walking distance uh, to each other, or at least a, sh a short little uh, autonomous vehicle ride over. Um, so that, that's kind of neat to see. We'll, we were uh, standing on the corner of, uh, you know, by some coffee shop and you see uh, there was a driver in the car because that's the law in Pennsylvania, but all, all sorts of autonomous vehicles just kind of driving by and students passing by at the same time. And, and uh, yeah, so I think that, that uh, kind of proximity is really working in their favor. Uh, when you look at downtown Cleveland by comparison, I think it's building, um, and I like to see those uh, those kind of districts popping up. and And if there's a, you know, especially, in, I'm excited by what's happening in Midtown Cleveland right now. I think that's going to end up spawning a lot of that kind of uh, the Medici effect of of uh, academicians and industrial leaders and entrepreneurs and talent all kind of working together towards the same things. Yeah, I mean, Pittsburgh's done a nice job of developing their waterfront, and, and a lot of their things are close to each other. On our tour that we took, we went to Mill 19, which is an old steel mill uh, close to downtown that they're redeveloping into place for Carnegie Mellon's robotics testing and for, uh, you know, for different organizations and businesses to come and test and work. It's a, it's a place where when uh, uh, someone like Joe Biden comes into town, it's, it goes for the photo ops. And, and uh, to see how a, a transformation of an old steel mill can be turned into a place for innovation. Uh, we got to go to, to uh, the Energy Innovation Center where they're really looking at how ener energy and different types of energy are being used and, and, uh, and how do you train people and, and work in those different spaces. We heard from the National Robotics Engineering Center 
which is a, a, a part of you know, Carnegie Mellon, but it's a place where the Department of Defense works with in developing uh, a lot of their robotics and automation uh, materials. And all of these things are within just a couple miles where in Northeast Ohio, uh, you know, we're a lot more spread out than, than that. Uh, and, and so there's advantages and disadvantages. We mentioned this notion of borders and perhaps there are false borders. Are there ways that we're going to be able to collaborate and work with Pittsburgh you know, in Northeast Ohio, some places where we might find uh, room for collaboration? Well, you know, <laughs> they're, they seem pretty excited about what we were doing already. And they said, hey, you guys got this great network together. So can we come to your programs over there in, in Cleveland? And we said, absolutely, we would love to do that. You know, and I, I mentioned that we had our eyes on some other cities too. And I can imagine one day, maybe we'll bring all of our regional innovators here to Cleveland to learn with and from each other. We also had our eyes on that, you know, any day now that Hyperloop is going to come back in line where Pittsburgh is uh, 11 minutes down the down the road. So there's there are definitely opportunities for us to work together. And there, of course, there are points halfway in between, too. I can imagine that Youngstown is going to going to grow in importance as an additive manufacturing center, given that it's pretty much halfway between Pittsburgh and Cleveland. It's a good place for us to meet. We also set out with the, the intention to create a sister organization or a sister group of innovative leaders in, in Pittsburgh. So while Pittsburgh is well networked in the, the, the startup and smaller companies, uh, Northeast Ohio has got th these great manufacturing companies, these great established companies that are, are talking with each other. There are still those companies in, in Pittsburgh, but what we're finding is they're not meeting. Their innovative leaders aren't getting together, and we had invited a few of the people or our contacts help invite Bosch, help invite Coppers, Transstars, uh, Robert Morris University to come and meet with us. And what we heard from you know Bosch and, and Coppers, both two very well-established companies, is we'd love to have something like this happening for us here. And so we're trying to develop those bridges that uh, help them seed their own group. And then, uh, again, together we can collaborate more effectively. Ultimately, you still have to have funding for these kinds of projects, whether it's Cleveland or Pittsburgh or other Midwestern cities. What kind of challenges do, do Midwestern cities like Pittsburgh and Cleveland face in getting funding for innovation? Do you have to simply rely on private sector funding or how do we get the funding to make these kinds of things happen? Well, I think places like Jobs Ohio have shown that, but I also think where there's opportunities, one of the things that we're learning in doing this research is uh, Northeast Ohio and Western PA are well positioned for the emerging hydrogen economy. And there's groups that are developing even across state borders that are, are helping companies, uh, companies like Lubrizol, Swagelock and others get tied into what's going to be happening and what's happening not only now with EVs, electric vehicles, but also what's going to be happening with, with the new uh, energy technology that's coming down the pike. So yes, I think a lot of it comes from private, uh, but, but once uh, the state and the organizations recognize the potential, um, we're optimistic where, where the opportunities are, the money will follow. Dan, you asked, like, where does the money come from for, for innovation? It, if companies see that there is a market there, they're going to invest. Mm -hmm. it, for example, just to get them to talk about management strategies, that's something that they believe in themselves and they want to get better at it. So they're willing to put their own, their own dollars towards that. Um, Sponsorship helps us get that job done. Uh, certainly, there are academic communities that are willing to uh, to kind of pitch in 
and um, lots and lots of thinkers, uh, consultants, um, etc., that are willing to kind of lend a hand to kind of boost the entire region anyway. So it's not something that takes a whole lot of money to get going. Uh, I think it ends up feeding itself because that's where uh, majority of companies really profitability in the future is going to come from. And they know that, uh, as, as we mentioned at the outset of this conversation, they didn't always have to worry about innovation, but now that's their lifeblood. And we know that companies that uh, manage innovation outperform companies that don't. So it's in their interests. And so that's where they put their dollars. Finally, let me ask you, you've mentioned, you know, that you go through this period of people saying we're not so interested in innovation. Did you also have to deal with a mindset for a while of people from saying, well, what what possible thing could we learn from Columbus or Pittsburgh? We're in Cleveland and we're doing fine. Did that? Did you have to see a change of mindset in essence for people to say, you know what, there are learning opportunities in other places? I don't think we had any. I, I don't think from the, our group of innovators, they, they love the opportunity to step outside of their own bubbles. Oh. I think everybody can acknowledge, particularly coming out of COVID, that you get a little detached, you get a little head down and you're doing what you're doing. Uh, you know, when you look back to early days of innovation, you know, McDonald's didn't learn about the drive through or the actually uh, what was the hamburger shop didn't learn about the drive through from the food industry. They, they saw it from the getting out of their, their space and going and seeing that uh, a bank was using a drive through. And, and therefore, that was a, a great transition to their own industry. So I think real innovators recognize getting out of their own space seeing what others are doing, whether it's down the road or across the state border or anywhere else is valuable and will help them drive new ideas and, and new collaborations. Yeah, there's there's really no shortage of energy when it comes to meeting people. We always like to say that you know good things happen when people talk to each other. And we've used this term network serendipity before, just because uh, you put some people into a room and you have them start talking to each other, whether it's about current management issues that they face or um, some emerging technology where they could bounce ideas off of each other. By, by bringing those folks that we know have a vested interest in any of the above, good things are going to happen and it creates more, uh, more of that network serendipity. We may end up just kind of engineering that innovation network map a little bit um, more uh, uh, deliberately in the future. But yeah, whether it's uh, talking to their peers here in Northeast Ohio or down in Columbus or in Pittsburgh or in Detroit or you know Toronto, I, I don't think it really matters that much. One day we'll be talking um, on, a, on a much broader scale anyway. I, I think that this they invented these computers some years ago, and I think that's helping quite a bit. <laughs> well, and I think when people Indeed. used to think about innovation, they just thought about product innovation. And that's really changed a lot. Uh, I mean, in our group over the last 11 years, we've really focused on leadership, culture, process. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, service and product innovation comes into that, but it's, it's only a component of innovation. And it's really how do you innovate everything about your organization in, in different places? And, and, and that's been a lot of fun to see how companies have evolved in doing that. Chris and Grant, thanks for joining us and sharing the story of Edge and the work you're doing here to help innovate throughout Northeast Ohio. Glad you could be with us today. Hey, it was fun. And uh, if it's inspired people to uh, get that innovation bug, and I know that part of the, the hardest part is when there's a company that isn't kind of bought in yet to it. There's still uh, maybe an old line manufacturing and they have uh, a leader that's 
been there a, a long time and they're just looking to milk that cash cows until it, until it dries up. Uh, hopefully we can leave a better legacy for our, for our future here in Northeast Ohio and beyond. So I would encourage any company that's out there listening to this is that um, there are other folks out there that have been there before you. And if we can help plug them in to other folks to, to start that innovation journey, by all means, drop us a line. So thanks for the opportunity to, uh, to talk about all of these with you, Dan. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it. Chris Keller is the Director of Innovation and Entrepreneurship for Edge, and Grant Marquette is the organization's program consultant. They both joined us for The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. I'm Dan Paletta. Thank you for joining us, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you.